the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Anything that you want to talk about, we could talk about. We could talk about the S&P 500 playing with 3,400 after setting a record high, which is Okay. I guess that's not much of a story to me other than the record high angle after a recession during a recession after a bear market quickly after a bear market. That's the story. There's a lot of market breath stories yesterday. One of the things I talked about was um, financials have really underperformed that Yesterday, I, I put the pieces together for you that the V-shaped recovery is real on the stock market because it's heavily weighted towards the things that did well, that did very, very well. The Apples, the Microsofts, the Googles, they, they owned the shutdown of the economy. They did great. Congratulations to them. Um, but the rest of the economy kind of felt like, eh, we kind of need the financials and energy and healthcare to do something positive here. The market breath needs to kind of catch up or the market breath needs to break down the tech stocks and say, okay, this was a false move. Stocks couldn't care less about breath yesterday. We rallied. The S&P 500 rose 1%. The Dow and the Russell outperformed. The NASDAQ paused a bit. So technicians got more of the balance um, that they're, they're, they're bemoaning, the lack of balance that they're bemoaning. So yesterday was a good day. You saw stocks like Boeing up 6.4%. We need that kind of movement from the laggards. Simon Property up 6%. General Motors up 6%. Capital One Financial Company up 6% almost, 5.59%. And then you even had some like um, laggards like Coles and Gap up almost over 7%. Um, airlines and cruise lines rallied. So it was kind of a, a great overall breast day, which we kind of need. It's, it's healthy to see the laggards catch up. With that said, do you believe the move? TikTok is suing the United States government, which is so 2020. Um, unlucky numbers, right? 2020. We thought it was going to be a, a year of the optician. Not really. It's the year of everything that could be thrown wrong is thrown wrong. So yesterday, the SP 500 up 1%, the NASDAQ up 6 tenths of 1%, the Russell 2000 up 1.03%, and the Dow Jones Industrial Average up 1.3%. So I kind of like seeing the Russell 2000, the Dow Jones, play a little bit of catch-up. Are you with me against me? Because you got to pick a side. This is a civil war. Distance learning is what we're all talking about right now. And who's the big winner of distance learning? 
I think CNBC. Um, no. Who do you think is the big distance winner? Is it Apple? Yeah, Apple. I've definitely bought another Apple product or two for sure, but who am I buying them from? For some reason, Apple can't get me a new laptop, notebook, in anything under a week. So I went to Best Buy and bought said Apple products. <laughs> and Best Buy is rocking it. Who knew? Now, unfortunately for them, they're saying that it's, it's eh, online sales surged 242%. What the heck did he just say? Online sales surged 242%. Are, uh, uh, oh, uh, uh, like, right? Uh, but the shares are sliding because the people are thinking it's a very short gain, uh, short-term gain. Best Buy posted strong second quarter earnings. It benefited from stay-at-home trends during the pandemic, such as working from home and attending school remotely. In a bit of a tragic story out there, distance learning is really hard for kids who are homeless. And New York City has 114,000 homeless children. So I feel guilty that I'm able to go on down to Best Buy and get what I need. That's awful, right? Is it, can you imagine something being homeless as a child and then also trying to do school? Um, and being in kindergarten or first grade and trying to figure this all? Uh, and we're starting to hear feedback from school children that when you get a free device from the school that it's typically pretty flaky and malfunctions makes me want to give more money to school children. makes me want to focus that as my charity of choice, so to speak, because that's heartbreaking. Um, the Republican national committee, or I'm sorry, the Republican national convention. When I think RNC, I think committee for some silly reason, um, got kicked off last night. A lot of fear, a lot of fear. Democrats were selling a lot of hope. Which wins elections? I don't know. I'm not a politician, but back to Best Buy. Online sales up 242%. I, I, I don't want to lose that as quickly as I'm trying to. I, I, I kind of want to focus one more time and say, isn't that a big company? And isn't that a big number? It feels that way. How much of Christmas has been pulled forward? If you've gotten your kid a new computer, have you pulled their uh, spending forward? A little bit. Sales at stores opened at least a year grew 5.8%, which was higher than the 2.3% Wall Street expected. That's a stunning number. And again, it shows you what's working in the economy, oddly enough, is kind of working on the stock market. So we need the things like the capital and the financials. I saw a list of regional banks yesterday. They all were up 3%, and that's when the market was up 1%. I was happy to see that. I don't own any of those banks, but I was happy to see it. Hey, how about a shakeup? You want a shakeup? This one comes in as a 7.2 on the Richter scale in my mind. Salesforce is being added to the Dow Jones Industrial Average. That Salesforce building... I was on the Bay Bridge yesterday. I saw it through the smoky clouds of a purple haze brought on by forest fires. I was like, good for you being added to the Dow Jones Industrial Average. What's interesting is who's getting kicked out of the Dow Jones Industrial Average. Out goes ExxonMobil. Whoa. 
that's pretty weird for me. So Apple's doing a 4-4-1 stock split, which would significantly reduce the benchmark's exposure to tech. So IncomeSalesforce.com. That's the way I read it. I could be a little bit off on that, but that's the way I read it. Um, because it is tied towards you take the individual stocks and you add them up. So when Apple does a 4-4-1 split, it would pull the market down. Apple took the technology weighting within the Dow from 27% down to about 20%. So they're like, okay, what can we do? We can kick out oil, ExxonMobil, and bring in Salesforce.com. That's a big day for Salesforce. That almost makes me want to buy them. Uh, I, I do want to buy them, but that's another reason that I want to buy them. They've got a great CEO. They've got great revenue. They manage their earnings pretty well. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Don't be shy. Pick up the phone. Give me a call. Drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or kdow.biz. My brain is really good at holding a lot of financial information in it. It's not so good at holding some other areas like the Portland riots. I can't really digest it for some reason. I don't understand that. I can get into the RNC. I can get into the DNC. Like I can, I can get to where I need to go, but I can't get all that far. Gold is interesting right now as we're seeing Apple and Tesla Maybe taking a break. Yesterday, Tesla was down. Could they go down two days in a row? It ha- it's been a long time since that's happened. <clears throat> but gold is a big question right now. Sentiment has become very, very one-sided. Strategists have been raising their price targets. $3,000 gold price targets are pretty commonplace. What's the next move? Gold moves typically in opposite direction of the U.S. dollar. And that's been great given the dollar's gotten really weak. Why has the dollar gotten weaker? You could purchase less overseas with it, or can you purchase more overseas? It's gotten weaker because we're diluting it. We're, we're printing more dollars. Oh, we need a trillion to save the economy. Just go print it. So it's becoming weak on this. It's not supporting itself. It's being printed. Gold is in that $2,000 range, and there's a lot of question marks on whether it can move to the 3000 or not. Gold's methodical advance has basically pushed vertically up in the last oh, six weeks. So gold's not something I follow. Gold's not, I, I follow it. I, gold's not something I've ever, ever, ever owned, and I'm pretty comfortable with that. Colleges and K-12 schools have done this unprecedented shift to online education. There's a company um, that does a lot of online courses that's in the news. It's called Pluralsight. Uh, Founded in 2004 as a classroom training company, but then they dispatch instructors to offices and conferences. They've digitized all their products. It made its IPO debut in May 2018. It hit an all-time high in 2018. And then it just kind of got, 
guess you would say left behind, given up on what sort of like analogy can I throw out there that makes it sound sad until boom, the pandemic hit. No one loved it. Uh, you're seeing a year over year increase of about 25% in demand. That's pretty good performance top to bottom for a company. And again, they seem to be at the right place at the right time. There's also an online education stock, Chegg, C-H-G-G is the ticker. They've gained 93% this year. It's growing demand for college students taking courses online. Um, so Pluralsight is a little bit slower than Chegg, but should you pay attention to it? You can if you want, I'm with you on that. I think long-term prospects are solid in online education. They gave away something in April called Free April, which granted users access to more than 7,000 courses, kind of juicing people getting used to the product. So throw that out there. If you want it, you can have it. If you don't want it, you don't have to have it. But Chegg, C-H-G-G, and Pluralsight. Um, Pluralsight is one of those companies that is starting to hit people's radars because they've been in the right area, but now they're starting to line the pieces up with revenue as well. Here's some little PS. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Apple's up 70% this year, becoming the first U.S. company to hit $2 trillion. They're doing a four-for-one stock split. And it still surprises me that after 20 years of doing a financial radio show that I still have to explain people, it's the same size pizza. A $2 trillion company is going to still be a $2 trillion company when they split their shares on the 31st. So they're basically taking the pizza and they're cutting four slices, into four more slices, or they're cutting it down to, you get the idea. It's still the same size pizza. It's still a 12-inch pie. What's the biggest pizza you've ever eaten? <laughs> I'm thinking 12 or 16. Have I done a 16-inch I hope not, but I fear that I might have in college. I don't know, have you ever got the uh, college specials, you know, two pizzas for a price of one? You're like, I'm in on that. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you just want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. Um, Boris Johnson has said passively that the coronavirus is still hurting his body, so he's going to resign in six months. He's saying that to friends and family. I bring that up in large part because the ramifications of the COVID, the coronavirus, um, I, I, I still don't feel like we have a really good handle on it. And when you hear about a politician saying, I'm backing out, that's telling. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Take a look at the markets. We have the Dow down, the NASDAQ down. Um, not dramatically, but down the SP 500 and Russell 2000 are still higher. I do like when markets get mixed. I do like it um, because it's telling me something. Home price growth in the United States was pretty stable. If you own a home, you're happy to hear that, right? Case Shiller, National Home Price Index, posted a 4.3% annual gain. I like the Case Shiller report when it comes to talking about real estate. I would prefer to ignore anything that National Association of Realtors sends out 
I know you're saying you don't like realtors, do you? I don't. That's like me telling you how great I am. You don't want that. You want someone objectively to look at me and say, he's great or he's awful. Same thing with housing, in my opinion. So housing prices pretty stable in June. June's gains were broad-based. Prices increased in all 19 cities. This is interesting in large part because, again, we're paying attention to COVID and people saying, hey, if Salesforce says I don't have to come back to work until August 2021, and Google say in July 2021, those are two very big employers. And I would like to see San Francisco go down, but no, it's going up in price. I would like to see the uh, the Renos or the Sacramentos or the Bakersfields or the wherever people leave the Bay Area to go to, go higher. More data is going to be needed, so you don't just look at one month, one quarter. But I do like the uh, Case-Shiller numbers. They show the housing market continues to withstand the pandemic. Uh, and one of the areas that I think we all thought would be hurt would be people selling their homes uh, because buyers can't come in and look. Well, guess what? Buyers don't want even want to look. They just want the space. They'll say, I'll take it. Sight unseen. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And yet we are. California firefighters are currently battling the second and third largest blazes in the state. We don't have the money for this. We don't. We've already, you know, tried to figure out school systems and getting kids to school and getting teachers safe and getting the health care system up and going and ventilators. And now we have two of the largest fires ever. That's I almost want to say it's impressive. <laughs> kind of like how angry that the year is becoming. But the Santa Cruz, uh, it's called the Lightning Complex. Um, huge. So 625 wildfires ignited across the state when 11,000 bolts of lightning rained down on California last week. I, I still want that job of counting lightning strikes because that must be a fascinating job. But these are bigger than every other fire California's ever seen except for one. Two. Number two and number three. It's like, and they're not done yet. That's, what a year, right? So if I were betting on California, well, there's some positives and negatives. Um, Anytime something burns down, we tend to build it back. When you're seeing Hurricane Marco and Another hurricane, uh, is Laura? Right behind it, one-on-one hitting the Gulf Coast. You're like, okay, that's horrible, and it's going to cause a lot of flooding. That's one where the insurance companies get off a little bit easy, is the flooding. But that's not here nor there. So we tend to rebuild. Our economy tends to get back on its feet. Our economy tends to say, okay, we're going to spend the money. And that's good for companies like Home Depot and Lowe's. Um, it's not necessarily good for the insurers in the short term, but in the long term, do you think insurers are going to lower rates? You think they're going to go out of business and say, oh, shucks, we weren't expecting this fire to burn down and kill people, burn down houses and kill people. They're going to raise prices. So in the long run, 
it's actually okay for the insurance companies. But in the short term, it's a lot of costs. Um, And then there's companies like uh, Warren Buffett. He owns a reinsurance company. So they do the insurance that the insurance companies don't do. So they tend to make a killing because they get involved and they say, well, if no one else is going to insure up to these levels, we will, but we are going to charge you an arm and a leg for it. That's out there. Social Security is in the news in a funny kind of way. Donald Trump's talking about, you know, stimulus to the economy. And one of the things that he's saying is, let's cut the payroll tax. So if you go take a look at your taxes right now, um, you're probably, if you haven't looked at a pay stub in a while, you should. You should see how much money you're giving to Social Security. You should see how much money you're giving to the state. You should see how much money you're giving to the federal government. Then you get like disability insurance. And you're like, what is that? Um, And you start adding it all up and you're like, you're exhausted by the end of it. But Social Security Trust Fund could be exhausted by 2023 if payroll taxes are eliminated. That says the chief of, he's called the chief actuary, which is a pretty cool title. You know, designated hitter is a pretty good one. Hitman is a pretty good one. Um, Chief actuary is a pretty cool title. So he's saying the Social Security Trust Fund could be out by 2023. Trump has said he would move to eliminate payroll taxes that help Social Security if he's reelected. So he's saying, hey, vote for me and you'll pay less in taxes. But what's going to happen to the Social Security Fund? I'm not going to get into the politics of this other than to say this doesn't sound like a great idea. president said he would make permanent cuts after he signed an executive order earlier this month implementing a payroll tax holiday that goes into effect on September 1. Right now, your Social Security tax is about 15.3%, of which you pay half and your boss pays half. Unless you don't have a boss and you work for yourself, and guess what? Then you pay for the whole thing yourself. So if you're going to be an independent contractor, and you're like, I love being an independent contractor, you still have to pay that 15.3%. It's a little painful. People earning below 104,000 annually don't have to pay the tax through the end of the year. The White House argued it will significantly bump paychecks, but it's not likely they'll see any benefits from the, the executive order. So it's going to affect so late in the year that I've already paid by $104,000 this year into Social Security. That's the idea, at least. Um, My money, I've hit that level kind of thing. So that's out there. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. J.P. Morgan's going to have cycle staff between office and remote work in a move that should remake Wall Street. You're seated on the West Coast with the big tech companies. Now you're seated on the East Coast of like, how can we do it, but do it the way we want to instead of having people work at home all the time? So JP Morgan is going to have staff cycle between office and remote work. Okay. A hybrid model, so to speak. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. ExxonMobil is in the news. They're being replaced by a software stock. Now, what's interesting about this is in the Dow Jones Industrial Average, 
you're getting a big oil company being replaced by essentially software or online software, if you will. That's a big thing, and it's kind of a sign of the times, right? When you look back at the Rockefellers and, you know, the great Americans, eh, I've got to be really careful because how great are they in some people's minds, right? Uh, when you look at the billionaires that founded America, uh, it's a little interesting to see the torch being passed to the Mark Benioffs and away from the Rockefellers. Sign of the times. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. New cases of the coronavirus are falling in most of the United States, but scientists are still saying, you know, be careful, be cautious. But it's a nice sign. White House coronavirus advisor Dr. Anthony Fauci warned members of Congress in late June that the U.S. might report more than 100,000 daily new cases of the virus if it did not turn around. But months later, his worst case fears have not come to pass. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how history remembers Fauci. I don't know a lot about the man, but supposedly he was amazing during the HIV crisis in America the AIDS crisis. Um, I don't know how he's going to be remembered in this one because at one point he was a hero and now he's been slowly changed in the media profile of he warned that more death was coming. He warned that more sickness was coming. Was he right? I don't think I want his job to be going honest with you. Uh, just saying, I'll, I'll take a hard pass on that one. So, the NFL is still figuring out their plan. They seem to have a really good protocol. It, it's interesting to notice the difference between the NFL, the NBA, and NHL with how they're handling COVID. Worthy of note today that the Dow is down 130, the S&P 500 is down one. The NASDAQ slightly up and the Russell 2000 is slightly down. What's interesting to note about that is it all started differently. The Russell 2000 started with the momentum and it got weaker. The NASDAQ started with weakness, it got stronger. The Dow started with strength and it got weaker. Um, not ideal. <clears throat> Tesla's down 12 today, down six tenths of 1%. Uh, Apple's down eight, down 1.7%. Apple is hurting the Dow. Apple is hurting the S&P 500 because they're such a large company. So yesterday I was putting the pieces together for you of why the S&P 500 hit its all-time high after the NASDAQ did. And what would be nice to see would be follow through with the financials, the banks, and some energy companies, some areas that have underperformed the economy, but also underperformed in the stock market because they were underperforming in the economy. Low interest rates don't help financials. Um, they tend to hurt financials. So rising rates tend to help the financials. Consumer confidence unexpectedly fell in August. This is interesting to note in large part. I think there's some thought that September and October is going to be a slowdown in the economy. In large part, a lot of the federal funding, a lot of the federal bailout is dry now. That money has been spent. That money has been sent and spent. Some people save that money, but not very many. So what's the next round of stimulus? We don't have it right now. And it doesn't seem terribly, terribly likely anytime soon. There'll be some patches. 
$25 billion to the post office, things like that will happen. But we're not talking trillions of dollars back into the economy. We're not talking about giving consumers cash. Consumer confidence fell for the second straight month in August as households worried about the economic outlook. And there's some thought that September, October, it's going to start to deteriorate to that level of maybe we start not spending. Maybe we stop going out. Maybe we get fearful again of spending. You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. I'm Rob Black. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. The longer you do this, the more simple it becomes in your head. Hurricanes that hit the Gulf tend to drive prices of oil higher. Hurricanes that hit the Miami side of Florida tend to drive insurance rates higher because there's a lot of hotels on the Atlantic. There's a lot of oil in the Gulf. And it's almost that simple. You've seen it before. You'll see it again. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. I think that's kind of a critical thing that we do on this show is that you got to, how do I say this without um, throwing out anything? Um, You got to learn as this whole process goes on. We are in election season and it's stressful for a lot of people. I see my friends on Facebook and Instagram melting down with ultimately their opinions. Treasury Secretary Mnuchin, U.S. Trade Representative Lighteyser, and China's Vice Premier had a constructive call last night on the phase one trade deal. When I heard that, I was like, is that story from a year ago? It's not. Fed Chair Powell is going to deliver a consequential policy speech on Thursday. Look at the calendar. It's Tuesday. If you revolve around changes to the Fed's monetary policy framework and augments the Fed's accommodative policy position. When you hear that the Federal Reserve is going to talk and they're already saying it's going to be a very heavy talk, that should make some people on Wall Street a bit nervous. There's also some nervousness right now on the concentration risk inside the mega stock complex. Apple, Amazon, Google, I guess you could say Tesla, um, Netflix, that everyone seems to own them who wants to own them. There's no secret there. But now we're owning them and we're not caring. It's like put your hands in the air like you don't care. We're kind of just giving up and saying, I guess I've got to own it. And some on Wall Street are getting nervous about that. So the Fed Chairman Powell commentary that's coming out on Thursday is probably going to be talking about inflation. The Fed has two mandates. In theory, they're supposed to contain inflation, number one. And number two, they're supposed to have as many people in the United States working as possible. So they tinker with interest rates. If you have uh, oil at $150 a barrel, they'll say, well, let's put a a crimp on this. Let's make things 1% more expensive. And if that doesn't work and oil goes to 200, then they're like, well, let's make money 2% more expensive. 
So they'll raise interest rates to cut speculation. The cheaper the money, the more speculative you and I can be. If I'm going to take out a $100,000 loan and I have to pay back 10% interest, uh, I better have a pretty good plan to make 11 on my money. If I'm going to take out a $100,000 loan and pay back 1%, and you're telling me all I got to do is earn 2% to beat that 1%, I could be a lot more speculative. That's the basic idea. It doesn't totally translate in that example, but that's the basic idea on inflation and how we fight it. Effective August 31, before the open sales force in Amgen and Honeywell are going to replace Exxon, Pfizer, and Raytheon. I'm a little bit surprised Pfizer's being taken out. But they're a slow grower. And the Dow has to have some sort of reflection of where the true economy is. Exxon, I'm almost sad for. It's like, you've been on there forever, guys. And now they got to go home and not play on the Dow Jones Industrial Average. And that's kind of sad it, it, in a nostalgic kind of way. J.M. Smuckers. Can you believe in America you can buy a jelly company that's publicly traded? A jam and jelly. They reported better than expected earnings. They exceeded expectations. And the stock's not trading higher. Best Buy blew out online revenues. Blew them out. They had a great quarter. And they're trading lower. Palo Alto Networks. Another great, another meet and beat kind of uh, quarter. And they too are trading lower. It feels a little sad, right? I told you this was going to happen. It's going to happen. Delta Airlines is higher. They're going to furlough 1,900 pilots on October 1. They could not figure out enough cost cuttings with their labor union, so furlough that you go. And we knew that the federal government bailed them out, and the federal government said, if we give you billions of dollars, you cannot furlough people. That will look bad. You're taking the money and you're firing people. Well, you can't do it until September or October. And guess what? They're doing it in October. Or when does it? Yeah, it takes effect on October 1. So end of September, start of October. That's, again, we knew what's going to come. And it's, that's going to hurt the unemployment numbers. It's going to hurt the employment numbers, however you want to say that. There's only so many dog walking positions out there. And not every pilot should be a dog walker. Um, new home sales report was positive this morning. That's nice. Um, if you own a home, it's bad news if you don't own a home. So these are things that we're working on right now. I think one of the bigger headlines that shocked me this morning was Steve Mnuchin still working on a phase one deal with China. I was like, didn't we get that done already? Nope. <laughs> and farmers are upset because China tends to only buy their farm goods at discounts not at full premium prices but at discounts and the farmers like that's not a good deal for us anyhow you ever been to a farm you can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com or robblackshow.com